0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the program. My name is William Hemsworth. It's great to be with you again this week on Know the Faith, Defend the Faith. I am very excited to have my guest today, Thomas Salerno. He's a freelance writer, and he writes, he explores the intersection between Christianity and nerd slash geek culture. He's a short short story writer and aspiring novelist working in the genres of science fiction and fantasy. He also, he, he enjoys writing articles that help communicate science, uh, particularly the fields of paleontology at Anthropology, and he's written for a number of web- websites, including BustedHalo.com, Bishop Barron's Word on Fire, and Aletheia. Uh, Thomas, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing swell, William. It, it's really great to be on. Thanks for having me.
0: No, it's my pleasure to have you on. Um, always a pleasure to talk to new people, especially a fiction writer. We're talking off the air. I've never had a fiction writer on, so I'm very excited to talk to you. Um, and before I continue, one of the other sites that you've Uh, written for is Voyage Comics, and we've had Philip Kozlowski on here before just talking about how that got started, so very, very cool there, so maybe, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, i read your bio, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you started writing?
1: Yeah, sure, I, it's funny, I've pretty much always been writing, ever since I was a little kid, I used to write, you know, short, fantastical stories in my, you know, marble notebooks, and stuff like that. It was never something I really considered doing professionally until I was in college. Um, uh, in college, I went to Stony Brook University, which is here on uh, Long Island, New York, and uh, I was going for an anthropology degree with a focus on uh, paleoanthropology, which oh, is nice. the study of of human fossils and primate fossils. But I just I just started to get this itch that I needed to use my writing talent, and I, I had some professors um, encourage me in that um, who, you know, they complimented me on my papers. In fact, one professor came up to me and said, no matter what you do after college, you should make writing a big part of it. And so that that really edified me. And so I, I started to look into the craft of writing. I started uh, watching, you know, free lectures that are posted on YouTube by different writers. And still I, I, was, I was hesitant to take that leap. Um, in, in the years after college, I was, I was in and out of work. I eventually ended up at the uh, American Museum of Natural History in New York City, which was kind of like my dream job. And while I was there, um, I actually started writing professionally. I started sending off um, essays to different websites, mostly uh, mostly Catholic websites, because I, I have this kind of also desire to help spread the faith and, and communicate how the faith intersects with pop culture, because I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge geek. I love comic books and sci-fi and all that stuff. And so like I, I started writing, and when I lost my job after the COVID lockdowns, it, it was a temporary job anyway, but I was hoping it would transition into a permanent position because sure. of COVID. That got torpedoed. So I kind of fell back on my writing. Luckily, I had, I had made some contacts at Word on Fire and Voyage Comics, people who were really interested in the kind of essays I was writing. And it's just kind of taken off from there. It, it's been a really fun adventure,
0: I like to say. So God had, God had some plans for you. So, how long have yeah. you? How- how long have you dedicated to writing professionally? So how long have you been doing it full-time or are you doing it full-time even?
1: I, I like to say I'm, I'm doing it full-time because I, I don't have other full-time work right now. Okay. So I've been like, writing has been like the major source of my income for probably the last, yeah, 18 months or, or so.
0: Oh, great. Okay.
1: Coming up on two years, my first published article was in February of 2020 which was just before COVID, the COVID lockdowns hit in New York. So yeah, it's been almost two years now.
0: Okay. Time flies when you're having fun, huh? Exactly. (laughs) So let me ask you, in your bio, we talked about, you, you write for, you know, the intersection between Christianity and nerd geek culture. For our listeners that may not know, can you explain that culture? Like, what is that? What are you talking about there?
1: It, it's very, very broad, but at least at least when I was growing up in the 1990s, nerd and geek culture was basically, if you were in real, and I mean really invested in science fiction, both movies and novels, fantasy, comic books, video games, uh, Japanese animation and comic books, it covers such a broad spectrum of stuff, but back then at least From my recollection in the 90s, you were still considered a little bit odd for being really into that stuff and not into like, you know, sports or, you know, the music that was popular at the time. But, you know, I think thanks to um, uh, a lot of the big Hollywood franchises recently, like especially the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. geek stuff nerdy topics like superheroes and science fiction have become a lot more mainstream in the last decade so nerd culture itself has kind of evolved into, into just this celebration of of fantastic fiction i would say
0: how does how can I mean, obviously you write fiction and you've t- you talked about a lot the, about the marvel stuff and all that which is Great. It's stuff I watch with my kids all the time. Thanks to Disney Plus. But um what can we learn about our faith from these different genres out there?
1: Oh, yeah. And that that that's been, been the focus of a lot of my nonfiction work. Um, because I really think that whether the creators of these movies and novels and comic books know it or not, they're kind of drawing on a background of the last two millennia of Christian culture that's been influencing, you know, literature and popular culture for, you know, centuries. And so they, they almost can't help but including stuff in their work that sort of, that, that can be in dialogue with the Catholic faith. You start to notice imagery. Like I, the first thing that comes to mind is the story of Superman. Now, Superman was created by, uh, two uh, Jewish comic book creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And in the original Superman stories, you, you get a sense that they are including a lot of Old Testament imagery, a lot of Moses imagery. I mean, Superman is a baby who flees this catastrophe in, well, not a boat of reeds, but a spaceship,
0: you uh, know, okay. and is
1: raised by someone else. So there was definitely that Moses angle but in recent Superman stories, in the comic books and the movies, they've also included a lot more messianic imagery, a lot more Christ imagery, because Superman is this quote-unquote savior who comes from somewhere else to show mankind, you know, the best of us, like what we could aspire to be. And so, yeah, it, it they almost can't help but include these images christian evangelizers and even if they don't come from a christian background themselves they can't help drawing on it. and i just i've just found that fascinating
0: now recently you wrote a one moment for bus yes can, can you tell us a little bit about that article and about what you were trying to convey with that article in regard to dune
1: sure so in that article i was talking about um a lot of the religious imagery that's used in Dune. It's funny because the movie Dune is based off the science fiction novel uh, by Frank Herbert that was written in the 1960s. And it's interesting because Herbert himself was a fallen away Catholic. Hmm. He had been raised Catholic, but he, he didn't practice as an adult. And he drew on a lot of religious traditions in his fiction, You know, both Catholic, but then also things like Islam and Buddhism. So the religious world of Dune is kind of like this religious hodgepodge of all these different faith traditions. But what struck out to me when I first read the book in college, and then when I reread it uh, in anticipation of the movie, is this aspect of uh, the spirituality of the story. There's a group in Dune called the Bene Gesserit, who are these women mystics. And as part of their spirituality, they have some a kind of prayer or mantra that's called the litany against fear. Uh, you may, if you've seen the movie, you'll remember it. It begins with, I shall not fear, fear is the mind killer. And as someone who actually struggles a lot with anxiety issues, that hit me very powerfully when I first read the book. as like, you know, that you can turn to prayer as a way to ease fear and there are there are many um passages from scriptures especially the the psalms that can be used as kind of your own christian litany against fear you know like the i forget which psalm this is but uh the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is my stronghold of whom should i be afraid and so in the article, I was basically trying to say, see, there's something true and good in the litany against fear in Dune that we can apply in a Catholic Christian context in our own lives.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting article, and I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I, I'm try, I read that psalm like a couple times a week, and for some reason, I can't think of the passage. But right. I'll, think, I'll think of it and get it in the notes. So if Ben wants to check it out and read it. So, what have been some of your favorite pieces that you've written? Like I said, you've been writing for well, eighteen months has been your source of income since COVID and everything. Yeah, what has been some of your what have been some of your favorite pieces over the past eighteen months?
1: Um, in I, I'd say in chronological order, the the first was one I, I wrote for Voyage Comics. Um, uh, it was about uh, my favorite uh, Batman story arc from the comics, which is Batman No Man's Land. And that actually got me into reading the comics when I was a teenager. I was familiar with Batman through the Batman animated series, which was my favorite television show when I was growing up. But in the when I was a teenager, like you know, junior or senior in college, uh, not high school, I started reading the comic books. And Batman No Man's Land is a massive story arc about Gotham being destroyed in an earthquake and the federal government abandoning the city because they don't want to spend the money in rebuilding it. So Batman and the police who are left have to take back the city from the criminals block by block. And it's this really epic story. And one of the side stories in that was a story about some of the Catholic priests who remained behind in the city and they founded a mission for the homeless. But the Batman villain, the scarecrow infiltrates their mission and tries to turn the different refugees and other homeless, uh, people made homeless by the earthquake against one another. And the Scarecrow is opposed not only by Batman, but specifically by one of Batman's associates known as the Huntress. And she's an interesting character because she's actually a practicing Catholic superhero. And her faith plays a big role in that storyline. You get to meet her confessor, actually knows that she's the huntress because she's dealt with it in in you know in confessing him and so that that was an interesting story that i i wanted to explore because it deals with a lot of um themes about society turning against each other people getting back at people for things that have been done in a lot of my articles i like to explore Ideas of nonviolent conflict resolution and, you know, the path of mercy and forgiveness rather than revenge. So that article was interesting for me to write. I think my two other favorites are probably, um, and this one taps into my science background. I wrote an article for Word on Fire about my favorite uh, saint, uh, Blessed Nicholas Stenna, who uh, he lived in the uh, mid-1600s um, he was an anatomist and then later a geologist. In fact he laid the groundwork for the geosciences, including paleontology. Um, he was a rich, He was raised a Lutheran but ended up converting to the Catholic faith. And one of the important things he did for science was that um, he was one of the first people to really recognize, that these strange objects that people were digging up out of the ground that kind of resembled shells or shark's teeth, that that's actually what they were, that they were petrified shells, that they were petrified shark's teeth, and that through uh, studying geological formations and fossils, you could get a sense of the history of the earth. And this was long before later secular geologists like Lyell and others did their work. They were really building on original principles that Steno, um had not had uh elucidated and i just thought i wanted to bring his story to more people because i feel like a lot of people don't know that hey essentially the founder of what today we call geology and paleontology is up for sainthood in in the catholic faith he was amazing he was uh beatified in 1988 I, i don't know what the holdup is but hopefully he will be uh canonized pretty soon um and I think as a third example, my my uh, favorite recent article is one I did for Voyage Comics, and that is on uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's abandoned sequel to The Lord of the Rings.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, I feel like not enough people know this, that Tolkien was considering writing a sequel, and he wrote the first chapter, but he abandoned it. And so in that article, I explore the reasons he gave for why he abandoned it. He thought the story was too dark and depressing, and he felt it would kind of undermine the victory of Frodo and the other characters from the end of The Lord of the Rings. But that that article got a lot of attention. In fact, it was featured on uh, the National Catholic Register in their uh, Best of Catholic Blogging segment, which I was really excited about. So yeah, those are some of my favorite pieces that I've done.
0: That's great. So how has your faith grown through, through your writing?
1: I think in two ways. One, because it's as I'm writing about the faith, I've been compelled to learn more about it and explore more deeply uh, the church's tradition and, and go to, to start reading people like Augustine and other church fathers and, you know, get like real serious books on, on theology, which is something I had never really done before. Cause you know, it's like, you know, I'm like, well, if I'm going to write about this stuff, I need to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, it, it's forced me to learn more. And also I think almost even more importantly, just the fact that I kind of took that leap and started doing it and actually trusting that God will, it, that if it's his will, he'll build something with it was actually a huge thing for me. And it sort of deepened my own trust that, you know, whatever difficulties pop up, and there's been a lot of that, you know, God is ultimately in control. He will see me through any difficulties. As long as I'm seeking to do his will, he'll reward it. That's been a huge lesson that I've learned over the past couple of years.
0: Amen. I think that's a lesson that we all need to learn. Um, yeah, over and over again. Really, it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: I, I'm still learning. I'm I'm not perfect at it. And there's sometimes where I'm just like, Lord, like I'm I'm so anxious that I I feel like you know that that there's no escape from these problems. But then I just have to remind myself of all the good things He has done for me. Yes, in the past, you know that He's always helped me when I sought to do His will.
0: Right. So what? Yeah. W- that's a good lesson there. Always seek God's will. That's, I think that's a very important point. What feedback have you received about your writing from people?
1: Oh, that, that's one of the things that's really helped me keep going. When I was depressed and thought like that, this isn't going anywhere is that people would reach out to me and say, Oh, you you know, like you, your, your article taught me something or it, it helped me in some way. You know, I had a, uh, a evangelical protestant friend reach out to me and say, you know, through interacting with you and reading your stuff, it's actually made me stop and, and think more seriously about the Catholic faith. He, he didn't awesome. say like he was going to convert or anything. He's more, just open to it. <laughs> he's more open to it. And that, that was such a huge, and I immediately just gave all the, the, the glory to God with that. Cause it's nothing I've done. He's, simply using me like he uses all of us as instruments and just like people reaching out and saying like you know i enjoy just as simple as saying i enjoy your writing or i'm glad that you're writing about this because it's something that i'm interested in is there those are just huge consolations for me and i find often that when i'm down on myself or feeling depressed and anxious god will send someone to reach out to me and say you know i love what you do and that's just been huge
0: for me amen i call those those little energizers they come in right at the right time and they just yeah jolt you forward like okay this i'm doing god's work here no that's great i totally understand what you mean there so over the past 18 months we've talked about some of the publications that you've written for uh busted halo uh, voyage comics uh, word on fire some big time stuff what what do you have cooking what's uh what's what's on the burner for you going forward yeah
1: that's that's interesting because I, I feel like God is kind of leading me in possibly a new direction. I'll always keep writing about, the, I think, the, the topics that I've been covering, but I feel like he's slowly been pulling me and inspiring me to invest more in my fiction. And I kind of want to make 2022 kind of the year of fiction. I really want to focus on that. I would like, one of my dreams is to get a, a collection of short stories published someday. And I would like to use 2022 to kind of get a, a good number of them um, that could, you know, fill out an anthology. Because I have, I have so many ideas for short stories. Um, you know, I've, I've written a few. None of them have been published online anywhere. But, you know, I've gotten good feedback from, from beta readers and other people who are, who are interested. And so I feel like I'm, I'm going in the right direction in pursuing that. And I, and I think it says on my bio that like what, one of these days, I, I would like to write a novel, mm-hmm. but I feel like I need to cut my teeth in short stories first okay. to kind of build up my confidence to take on a much larger project. And I have several ideas for, for novels, most of them fantasy. Um, what, what's, what's been a struggle for me, and I might eventually write a piece on this, an essay, is writing Christian fantasy in the shadow of Tolkien because Tolkien looms so large and he's influenced basically all fantasy ever since so it's like how do you write something that's not just imitating him again because so much of fantasy has just been imitating Tolkien and I don't want to seem like you know I'm just like ripping him off or just imitating him again I want it to seem obviously inspired by him because he's my favorite author but also something with a, a unique angle mm-hmm. that that comes from me uniquely and I, I have some ideas in that direction but they're not fully developed yet and hopefully uh 2022 will be the year where i can fully flush out those ideas and and start serious drafting which
0: would be nice that's great we look forward to that definitely thomas what would you say to someone who loves to write fiction and is struggling on how to implement their faith into their work, or maybe they think that no one's going to read it. What would you say to someone like that?
1: I would say a couple of things in in terms of integrating faith into your work. I would say, don't be too heavy handed because that like, you don't want to be polemical or, um, like, I, I like to use Tolkien as the example, because in, in college, I, I had many friends who were atheists and agnostic, and most of them loved Tolkien. And it seemed to, compl- like, but when I would explain to them all of the Christian and Catholic imagery in The Lord of the Rings, it would surprise them, you know, and they, they were still able to enjoy The Lord of the Rings as a story. Because Tolkien's Christian imagery is, is it's obvious to us who are in the know, you know, right. but it might not be, you know, obvious to people who are not believers, but it it still affects them in some way. They're they're affected by that imagery because it's beautiful and it's and it's it's good and true. And so I would say, like, unless you're writing a story that specifically involves characters who are priests or, you know, connected with the church in some way. You know, I would say like, you know, try to integrate faith themes into your work in a way that's not heavy handed or may just sound like you're a Sunday school teacher or okay. something, you know, like, uh, because it, it, it can be done very in, intelligently in a way so that it's like that it's not like the classic thing where here's the moral at the end and you have a character who who does a monologue and tells you what the story is about. No, I, have the readers discover what the story is about through imagery and through character dialogue and stuff like that. Um, in terms of, of just starting out and writing, if, if you feel that itch, if you feel that desire, it's possible that that desire is placed there by God. And I would say just have the courage to start. That took me a long time. Like I said, like you know, even in college, when I was trying to psych myself up to write by like devouring all these how-to books. That, that's a thing you can get trapped in, by the way. Don't read too many how-to books on writing. Find a few good ones and read them. But it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, I can't start writing until I've read all these books on craft and stuff like that. No, no, just, just start and kind of learn as you go. Cause that's what I eventually learned. Like your first few stories are not going to be good.
0: <laughs> mine certainly weren't. Oh man, that's the truth. <laughs> you know, like mine certainly mind. weren't.
1: My first few stories were, you know, I admit they're terrible, but it's like, you know, you you, you learn and, and you, you get a sense more you from feedback. Don't be afraid to find a few trusted people who will give you honest, but also uh, honest feedback, but charitable feedback you know, and who, who will challenge you to do better and point out, you know, areas where you're weak. Don't don't be afraid to, to find people who you trust who can help you with that, because it, it's all part of the learning process. Like, I, I like to think as, as a writer, I never stop learning about writing. I'm always, you know, learning new techniques or new ways to excite readers.
0: It's, it's all one big journey. Absolutely. Thomas, where can our listeners check out your work?
1: Uh, well, first of all, they can go to my website, com, where I have a full list of all of the articles. I think it's about 40 or so now that have been published online and uh, they can follow those links there. You know, also, if, if probably if, if you go to Word on Fire or Voyage Comics or Busted Halo and, and search for me you it will probably come up with the list of articles i've written for them
0: okay so again the website is thomasjsalernowrites.com check out the website articles are great and thomas do you have any any other words you want to share before i let you go to enjoy the rest of your day
1: yeah um i i'd just like to say i'll i'll be praying for you and and all your listeners and um if yeah if you're an aspiring writer again i i would urge you to to just start and if you're, if, if you're a Christian who's also a nerd or a geek like me, who is into science fiction and fantasy and comic books, don't be afraid to use that in conversation, both with other Christians and maybe people who are not believers to kind of explore these topics. Because I find it, it's just a great non-threatening gateway in, into the Christian world where we can explore those kind of hints and of christianity that we find in in the popular culture
0: that's great well thomas i thank you for you thank you so much for your time today it's been great talking with you and again you've been the first fiction writer i've had on the show and it's so it's a great honor for me thank you very much for coming on today
1: thank you so much william i've had a great time god bless
0: god bless you